0: All right, here we go. Uh, my name is Glenn Newbloom, and this is my sweet wife, Desiree. Uh, this past April, we celebrated 10 years of marriage. Uh, we have two plus one adult kids. Our son, Dane, is 28. His wife, our daughter-in-law, Maude, is 25, and our daughter, McKenna, is 23. I grew up in the Denver, Colorado area, and I'm the oldest of three with two younger sisters. As for my upbringing spiritually... Or in the church, I was not that guy. Um, Sorry, having a Rick moment. (laughs) Uh, Church and God to me was one and the same, where it meant that I had to wear fancy and uncomfortable clothes and shoes that went along with that big fancy Bible in the living room that we were not allowed to touch. My home life was all I knew. I thought it was normal for the house to be uh, always in a tense feeling where dad was angry most of the time. And when I messed up, the beatings began. So when my dad was home, we all, mom included, held our breath. From the outside looking in, we had a perfect family. People around the neighborhood would regularly tell us that our dad was the greatest man they knew and often marveled at how wonderful I must be. it must be to grow up in a house like ours. Then we'd come home, and the anger would come out, and we'd all hold our breath again. And that is how things remained until I left for college. The perfect family outside our four walls, but inside, it was governed by anger and fear.
1: I was born and raised in a small town in Northeast Ohio. I'm the second oldest of four girls. I was raised Catholic. My mother would take us to church, but my dad wouldn't go. I was not familiar with the Bible. Like Glenn, we also had a big fancy Bible on our coffee table. My parents were not a good example of what a healthy marriage or loving family should look like. My dad verbally abused my mom in front of us and in front of our friends. She wouldn't defend herself because she didn't know what to do and she didn't want to anger him further. I prayed my mom would divorce my dad because of the way he treated her. He would also embarrass my sisters and I in public, saying inappropriate things for all to hear. When I was a teenager, I was very rebellious because of the treatment by my dad. I wasn't close to anyone in my family. I made bad choices with drugs, alcohol, and sex. I was arrested at 14 for shoplifting. I felt suicidal at times, and I begged my mom for help, but she didn't know what to do. When I was 20, I was ready for a change in my life and leave the little town I grew up in. A friend talked me into moving to Texas. I was ready to leave everyone and everything behind and make a fresh start. When I got to Dallas, I still continued making bad choices with partying and sex. I brought my bad habits with me.
0: So, uh, Desiree is not my first wife. She's not my second or third wife either. She's my fourth. I married my first wife in my early 20s, and I was divorced within a year. We had a seemingly good marriage from our friend's perspective, but behind closed doors, it was filled with constant bickering and daily arguments that ruled our life inside the home. So it didn't take long to blame her for everything and for us to part ways. Five years later, I met and married my second wife, only to see the same patterns develop over time. This time, it took about two years for the anger issues to manifest, and after four years of marriage, we divorced, where I, of course, blamed her for most of the core problems in our marriage. So I waited about ten years before getting married for the third time. I thought, this time, it would be different. Uh, But it wasn't. I believed all our problems were her fault, because I could never see my part in our conflicts. We divorced after seven years of marriage. There's a common thread throughout all these marriages. I was not a believer. My anger and unwillingness to invite God into our lives wreaked havoc in every relationship. Whenever church was mentioned, I immediately scoffed at the thought and gave it a wave of dismissal. I have since learned the truth of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 and 18, where it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Had I known Christ and been surrounded with the community of believers pointing me to his word, I would have sought to reconcile my first marriage.
1: I got married at 30. I joined my then ex-husband's Christian church and I was very active in volunteering. My faith was growing in Christ, and I started to hear more about God's word. Still, I was not familiar with the Bible. We had our son, Dane, two and a half years after we were married, and McKenna five years after that. I loved being a mom, but it took a toll on my ex-husband. He wasn't ready for sharing me, as well as all that went into being a father. We grew apart, and little by little, we were both miserable and living undivorced. I found out he was having an affair, and after 18 years of marriage, I decided to leave him and take the kids with me. It me It devastated Dana McKenna. I suffered, excuse me, I suffered terrible guilt, and in hindsight, I know that if I had known Christ and a relationship with him. I would have been seeking his word and the counsel of other believers. If I had known these truths, I could have sought reconciliation. I simply put the kids before my husband, and I didn't have God or the tools to work on my marriage. Colossians 1 verse 17 comes to mind now where it is written, For he is before all things, and in him all things hold together.
0: So Desiree and I met in February of 2008 on a Christian dating uh, website where I proclaimed that I was a believer, but I was just faking it. I had no idea who God really was. We dated for about six months, and I decided to ask her to marry me. So on a beach on the island of Kauai one morning in the summer of 2008, I proposed.
1: After some time had passed after my divorce... My salesperson's sister talked me into going on the uh, eHarmony website. I didn't want to, but she talked me into it. A few months later, that's when I met Glenn. He was so romantic and swept me off my feet when he proposed to me on the beach of Kauai. I couldn't say no.
0: Yeah. In retrospect, I am somewhat surprised that she accepted my proposal as one hour before I knelt on the beach, I told her about my first marriage when I was in my early twenties. You see, I had told her about two of my marriages, but completely omitted the first one. I lied about it for so long to so many people. And I was embarrassed to admit that I had been divorced three times. And I was embarrassed that I kept it a secret from her as long as I did but she accepted my proposal, and we were married in April of 2009. We checked the box and went to church on holidays and even gave it a feeble effort to go on non-holidays, but I always had an excuse about why we shouldn't go. I was a complete liar and a fraud, and I still didn't know who God was, and I wasn't really interested in knowing him. Desiree came with a package of two kids. Dane was 17 at the time, and McKenna was 12. On the day of our wedding, I considered both kids as mine. And while I was uneducated about how to deal with kids, I was a savant in motivating employees to career success. <laughs> so <laughs> so I figured that raising kids was not much different. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, we didn't know each other uh, when we got married. We didn't discuss anything. Not finances, not goals, not how to raise the kids. But Glenn went all in with the kids as we attended every activity they were involved in. As our son left for college a few months after we were married, things became more difficult. Our daughter was a teenager during this season, which can bring about some parenting challenges. Glenn would tell me what to do about McKenna, and was not happy about the way I disciplined her. He said hurtful things to her and to me. He wanted to control the situation, and I was in the middle. I was defensive, and I felt I needed to protect her, like a mother bear with her cub.
0: So as in previous marriages, my infatuation with Desiree started fading, and I gravitated back to my controlling nature that led to anger again. I made excuses for it. I blamed Desiree just to divert attention from my poor behavior. I'd see everything from my selfish perspective and wonder how our situation could ever change. Our relationship became consistently tense, and I found out she was planning to leave me if things got worse. It all came to a head one evening in March of 2016 where Desiree left me following a huge argument about an issue with our daughter. It didn't matter what the issue was, but it was the last straw for both of us. And at the time, I was glad she left, as I too wanted out of the marriage. I felt everything was her fault, and she just didn't get it. She put the kids ahead of me, and I would get upset because she did not understand my perspective. But if there was any remorse on my part uh, after she left, it was the recollection of the good times with she and the kids.
1: After McKenna left for college, we were empty nesters. We had some good times, but there remained an undercurrent of frustration and anger on Glenn's part. I kept a lot of things from him because I didn't want to make the situation worse. I was a stuffer and didn't like conflict, especially because of the relationship I had with my dad. I saw myself in the same spot my mom was in. I didn't like Glenn or who I was when I was with him. I didn't want to be around the anger any longer. I had all I could take, and I left him. After the separation, Glenn and I were civil to one another most of the time. We talked about divorce, but I wasn't quite ready to pull the trigger. Something or someone was telling me not to do it. I realize now it was the Holy Spirit. A friend told me about reengage at Watermark, I went to the website and I watched the testimonies. Seeing how God changed their marriages, I knew I could have that kind of relationship with Glenn. Isaiah 43, verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Excuse me, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He said he would attend with me, but only had one foot in the door. From the beginning... <clears throat> Excuse me, from the beginning of reengage God kept pushing me to continue even though I didn't feel like it. It wasn't easy. My friends and family would ask, "Why are you still trying? Can't you see he doesn't want you?"
0: I had no idea where this reengage thing would take us. We were separated in a quick signature away from getting a divorce. Desiree called me one Sunday afternoon and asked me to look at the reengage link, and I told her I'd look at it and let her know. A few days later, I gave her a half-hearted commitment that we could try it. My thoughts always always gravitated back to, if someone would just fix her, we'd be all set. Sound familiar? Uh, but uh, we went on the first night to uh, reengage during the newcomer session. I rated our marriage as zero. My thoughts were, come on, man, we're done, and nothing you people can do will ever change that. So for the first few weeks of our open group sessions, I would sit in the room and contemplate topics of forgiveness and grace while internally rolling my eyes at Desiree's tears. I was there with a bad attitude, waiting for some knucklehead to try to drop some churchy wisdom on me, and I was out of there. Looking at my poor and selfish attitude, I now think of Proverbs twenty-eight, twenty-six, which says, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe.
1: God kept working on Glenn's heart as well as mine. When we were studying the forgiveness lesson, I couldn't find my part in our conflict. It wasn't until I truly prayed Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, which says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. To reinforce this, during one of the testimonies, in open group, a couple showed a picture of their family on the big screen. The kids were in the middle, and they were on either side of them. They talked about one of their biggest challenges in their marriage was putting their kids before each other. They worked on making their marriage a priority. At the end of their testimony, they showed another family picture. They were in the middle, and the kids were on either side of them. That visual was powerful for me. I finally realized that was my part in our marriage. I had put the kids first.
0: But I kept coming. I kept listening, and we were put into a small group led by Ray and Dana Smith, a couple we now call friends and love very dearly. One of the first things I learned was to humble myself. Turning to Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4, I came to understand scripture, which says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I also found my way to the Men's Summit Bible Study where Bobby Crotty picked me up and added me to his study group, a man that I truly love and respect. What a blessing Ray, Dana, and Bobby were to me as I knew nothing about God, his word, or his love. They all loved me and helped me start my journey back to God. So one day I tried for the very first time in my life really praying to God, and God answered, And it was a game changer in my life that completely changed my interaction with Desiree and our relationship healing process. Reengage was not easy for us. We were separated for most of the time. We were in small group. And I found that faking God was not going to get me or our marriage anywhere. So we did the homework and met each week to talk about it. It wasn't easy. And it did not happen overnight. But I turned to God and he was there as he always was, with an open arm, open arms celebrating my return. God softened my hard and angry heart, and in response, I gave my anger to him. And in turn, he completely changed me and my life. Turning to and loving God changed the way I see Desiree and the way she sees me, and it put our relationship on the path to recovery. Today, I love Desiree more than I ever loved her, and it's really all because of my relationship and love for God.
1: During reengage, we started attending Watermark, and our relationship was healing as we were moving closer to God. After 10 months of separation, I moved back in with Glenn. Our relationship is not perfect, but it is better than it ever has been. We spend every morning together in prayer God's word and reading devotionals. We are so blessed to be able to work with and lead out in the reengage ministry that God used to restore our marriage. It has strengthened the two of us as well as with our walk with the Lord. Whether you are here for the first time tonight or you are getting ready to celebrate the com- the completion of the curriculum, we want you to know there is hope. The only thing that brought us back together was God, His word in his people. It was truly a miracle. Thank you for letting us share.